part de bonheur dont je la gloire. C'est toi pour moi, moi pour toi dans la vie. Tu me l'as dit, juré pour la vie. Dès que je t'aperçois, alors je sens dans moi. covers the entire specter of the James Bond phenomenon from Fleming to film and everything in between. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you almost, almost missed your, your, your cue there. Um, so today, uh, uh, this is a, a return to Fleming. We always promised that uh, we'd return eventually to Fleming. And we're back. We're back mm-hmm. with... Uh, Few friends though. It's, it's not pure filming. Mm-hmm. We're back with uh, Van Jensen, Van Jensen. And, mm-hmm. and Dennis Calero. Exactly. Then these are two creative uh, gentlemen that uh, got a uh, shook hands with our friends at Dynamite Entertainment a good few years ago. Certainly at this point, a good few years ago to adapt the Ian Fleming novels in. In I, I keep. I always have comic book on the tip of my tongue, but I believe it's not kosher. You're supposed to say graphic novel. Uh, so graphic novel adaptations of um, of the Fleming stories. Um, and this one came out. Mm, and you know what? My my memory is getting a little bit too hazy. It certainly wasn't last year because last year was Live and Let Die at the very very end. Of it. So I guess it would have been two years ago. Yeah, in 2018. But the gag was that I think it was originally announced in like 2016 or something like that. It got pushed back many, many times. That was because we we had started the show before this thing came out. And the joke was that, is it coming out this month? No, it's been pushed back. Is it coming out this month? No, it's been pushed back. (laughs) Kind of like another James Bond thing we're waiting for. But anyways, that's (laughs) another. another (laughs) Having PTSD. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember the full history of how this book got created. I, I have vague memories, and I stress they're vague, but I do have vague memories of an artist change, I think. Maybe don't quote me on that, but I, th- I think there was a problem with the artist. I think you, you, you evoke uh, memory engrams in my brain, and I think you're right. I think that there was uh, – they had some problems for the first uh, volume because uh, – Apparently they're doing all of them. Uh, at least that, I think that's their that's their goal. Look, we we have, uh, we both have Casino Royale. I just received my copy of uh, Live and Let Die last week because I hadn't ordered it yet. Um, it you know kind of, uh, I I kind of forgot about it simply. Uh, but the, like, is Moonraker coming out this year? 
Oh, I, I don't think. I mean, we're in July. I feel they would have announced it uh, by now. The one thing I do know is I remember there was a um, – I don't remember if it was a James Bond radio interview. I know uh, – uh, not Brian Dobson. What's the matter with me? Jack Lugo over at James Bond Radio. He's their uh, – you know, they got their regular show. They got their music of Bond, and they have their comics of Bond, and, and Jack Lugo handles those episodes. And I, I seem to have a recollection of him dis- uh, talking with Van Jensen. I might be getting my podcast mixed up, to be honest with you, but I think it was JBR. And um, Ben Jensen said that he, he's he's done. Uh, you know, he did, he's done Casino Royale, he's done Live and Let Die, uh, but he will not be doing Moonraker. So I guess first and foremost, they need to find a new, technically writer. Uh, I guess it, it must be kind of funny being the quote writer on Casino Royale and Live and Let Die, you're not really writing it. You're you're making it, I guess, slightly more succinct, a little bit more succinct. You're cutting a little bit of the fat because you don't need a 400-page graphic novel, I guess. Um, you have to make it manageable, but you still want it to be one book. So, you know, it's it's I don't know. I, I I'd like to have a con. I should probably re-listen to that episode of JBR and. I probably should have re-listened to it before we recorded this now that I'm thinking of it. But to, to listen to that conversation and his his philosophy and his strategy when it comes to adapting a book to a graphic novel. It's, you're, not cre- you're not creating anything out of the blue, but you're just reshaping it for a comic. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I Honestly, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't know how much writing he's done for, for those books because uh, – uh, there's a few thought bubbles and not thought bubbles, but spe- speech bubbles. But all the narration, all the description is from Fleming, and the story obviously is from Fleming. So I don't know how much like, how much the commitment it is for him, and how much the artist brought. Because I think I'm thinking just the artist could have taken the book and said, "Oh, I'm not gonna do this. I, I-, I have a template." Now they have, now they actually do have a template. So I mean, Calero for 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 all these words, I mean, he can do them by himself now. I think. True, although as I'm sure you discovered when you received your copy of Live and Let Die, not just by the names on the cover, but when you cracked open the book, um, it ain't Dennis Calero. Uh, so they didn't even keep yeah, him. True. I don't know why though, but. Um. But they have a template. Whoever this decides to do the next one is yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But, and um, it's 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 funny. It's it, it's one of those things where I'm like, um, although I, I guess if you want to, obviously, you know, at the risk, you know, hello, Captain Obvious. But if you want a proper graphic novel adaptation, you want Fleming's text in there as well. However, I'm sort of fantasizing right now about an alternate version of this book where – you know, the real fans like you and me and, and the people that really dive into Fleming and have read the books multiple times. Give me like a 50 page version graphic novel with no text, just the artist's rendition of all the key moments. Like, that would be kind of awesome, I think. But but I understand you, like, you want it is in Fleming's James Bond, Agent 007, Casino Royale. So it'd be a little bit weird to not have any of Fleming's text in there. But there's this alternate version of this book in my mind where it's just well we know we know the text, the fans are the ones that are gonna that are gonna buy this. The fans have read the book, they know the book well. Just draw the book, you know, paintings of the book. 
you know, that's 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 the uh, illustrated James Bond book series that they've done. That's the one you want. That's the one you want. I mean, it's a comic book. It's uh, that that exists. Oh. Uh, you know, as somebody who's you know, you know me. I have a, I, I, yesterday before we actually went to the theaters. We were like three of us went to see a, a re-release of Ghostbusters. This is probably my si- fifth or sixth time uh, seeing that movie in theater. But every time I can, I try to. Um, but uh, before before you came to meet me, I, I was actually at a used bookstore. I bought a few uh, bande dessinée, you know, French comic books. But they, I. This presentation of the, uh, the James Bond uh, 007 uh, Casino Whale adapted by Van Jensen and Denise Calero, um, you know, I like hard covers for comic books, which it is, mm. but it's the same format, the same size as an American comic book. This could be like a miniseries, while French comic books are a little bit taller, a little bit, a little bit yeah. wider, but it's... It, it's it's kind of a little bit cooler. I feel this should have uh, a like if they print those in French, I might actually rebuy them because I feel, I've, I've, I'm a big fan of hardcover comic French comic books. Like I think they, they they feel better when you read them. I think they the pages turn better. They it doesn't because the, the book is thicker. It doesn't damage the, the, the pages as much. I don't know. I, I'm a, that's how I grew up reading comics. I, I naturally read them in French and presentation always felt superior to their American counterparts, especially in, in the art cover format. Um, but Although I, the art cover of this one is like, it's, if you're going to do 1953's Casino Royale in Fleming style, like make me a cover. I got to say, it's hard to get more badass than this cover. Though. Oh, but I, I'm, 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 not, I'm simply talking about the format. The, the cover is, as you said, a masterpiece, a gorgeous masterpiece of 1950s uh, pop art. It is beautiful. There's like a Marilyn Monroe lookalike on the cover. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you don't know which one's supposed to be Bond. I guess that's the guy looking straight at the camera, smoking a cigarette. So. I don't think so. You don't but think it's so? Great. Oh no, I, I would think so. I would think so. You got a you you got a wannabe Largo to his uh, to his left there. Um, oh, it's awesome! It's not, uh, speaking of uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh, which is patently obvious, like it's not even it's not even subtle. Um, I didn't have the time, unfortunately, to do all the research necessary. Although th- there are definitely familiar faces in the book. I'm just as uh, this is great radio, people. I'm scrolling through the pages now i did spot one very interesting page it is the page the panel i should say where there are little individual ah here we go this one right here the one with the little individual portraits of the players so going clockwise top row to bottom row second from the left grace kelly there's absolutely no question and first uh, on the left in the second row is friend of the show Julian Glover. Uh, it's it's yeah it's it's not even subtle like it's it, that's them that's Grace Kelly and that's Julian. Uh, I've heard there's a Roger Moore somewhere in here, but I don't I don't know I haven't been able to find him. Oh really? Um, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, which I guess makes I well, Julian Glover 
Yeah, and, and it's sort of um, it is kind of Free Eyes only Julian Glover. Kind of Free Eyes only Julian Glover. I'm not sure why they chose him. Marilyn Monroe and Grace Kelly in 1953. Yeah, that Marilyn Monroe 19. Yeah, yeah, because she was already doing film noir in the 40s. So yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Um, it's pretty cool. I like those little. If you if you know these people, if you know your Hollywood history, you sort of go like, oh shit, it's you know, look who's at the back or at table. Um, so I kind of like that uh, quite a bit. Um, I wish I could. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe the Roger Moore is a rumor and he's not really in here, but I thought I'm sure somebody listening will uh, will correct me on that. I might be uh, I might be uh, blowing smoke out of my ass here and just doesn't make James any Stone. sense and this book really looks like michael fassbender i find at times it's 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 hmm michael john Hamm. depending yeah but i'm getting more of a john ham vibe I'm really not. i'm seeing magneto era fassbender from the first x-men movie hmm depending and on he kind of looks like james bone in those sequences he, he's very connery-esque when he's hunting down nazis in that movie so that's who uh, that, that, that i've get um, that's the feel i'm getting from uh, that adaptation but actually I, I think i see it now i think i see it yeah yeah not all the panels but there's definitely some panels where it's a fast bender look alike I mean, you can't. We won't go through all like every panel, but the book, the book is the book. It's surprisingly, not surprisingly, it is like beat for beat the book. There's not much adaptation when it comes. It didn't suddenly like oh, and Bond broke free and Beatles shift to an inch of his life. No, no shame <laughs> to the to, to any of the scenes, uh, the scenes themselves. It's pretty. It's an adaptation. Uh, so well, I'm, that would I'm, be I'm, sinful. <laughs> it would be. I'm. I'm. I, yeah. I was thinking about it because that's been released what a decade and some change after the film adaptation, um, which was you know mostly faithful to the book. There's. It's not a pure adaptation, not a translation. I mean, it's it's a, it's a dusty book. This is actually pure translation. Who? Do you think this appeals to? Is it appeals to comic book fans? Because I don't think they they pick this up uh, that much. And I know Live and Let Die. Uh, this is I wouldn't give the second volume to a kid. This I would give to a, a, a like a 14 year old. The other one I feel uncomfortable giving the, giving it to a 14 year old for things we'll discuss whenever we cover uh, Live and Let Die. Not that I mind. It's just like oh I, oh, oh 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 I was a little bit surprised. Okay, we fair. Can, we'll, we'll get that. I know we'll you've, get... you've. I think you've. Yeah, I think you looked at Living and Dying a little bit more than than me. I, I just read it, started reading it, but never got around to finishing it. Um, who does this appeal to? Well, I mean, apart from the obvious answer, which is James Bond fans, it's a very, I guess, uh, other than James Bond fans, I suppose it would appeal to aficionados of artistry. Uh, people that like to collect special, unique pieces of, of art, because uh, not only is you know, and oh God, it's, maybe it's not really my place to say so, because I'm 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 not no, only you, I'm not you, much you, of a you, you're making decent points. I mean, I, I I have my own answers. I'm just curious about yours. Uh, 
the, the reason why I would go for art, art aficionados and people that appreciate uh, adaptations, are, are beautifully rendered art adaptations of novels in, in a visual medium and not general comic book fans is, well, on A, the James Bond monthlies, even though they're still printing them, I don't know how well they're selling. You, you say comics. You say American comics. Who says James Bond? Like Nobody. Uh, and second of all, secondly, um, it's a graphic novel adaptation of a novel from 1953. Like People weren't lining up to buy this. No, so, but yeah. no, it's, they don't have it at – last time I went to um, – I was going to call it Chapters Indigo, the Italian the bookstore. Mm. Oh, they didn't. They're out. They're out. They sold wow. their copy. I think the counter argument to that, and I'm just guesstimating here, so I could be off. But the counter argument to that would be, well, did they order like four or five copies, or did they order 35 copies? You know, I don't think they ordered 35 copies, to be honest. But at the same time, I mean, yes, it's a niche market, but they didn't do much promotion for those things. It's American. The problem is that they. Are the American come and like as much as I love them, um, Dynamite Entertainment, uh, it's American comic book. They have their stand. I, I, I much prefer the presentation for French comic. I can't stress this enough. Like I, I, I've shown you my collection, and I like hard covers when it comes to comic books. I have a, a reprints of Ninja Turtles, um, the black and white, but they're much taller and thicker, and I just think the presentation. Looks more European and it's bigger. It's better. It's just like I love when whenever I can get. A, a, like I'm looking at my collection. I have a few American comic books that are in trade paperback, but I I, I love my art covers. I just think it holds better. It looks nicer on the shelf, and you get the nice dust cover. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm uh, I'm I'm looking at the back cover in the lower left hand corner. You know, rated teen plus. Like I think they probably. Two two things come to mind when I read that, when I notice that that marker, Teen Plus, is the first thing that comes to mind is, well, it's not rated R per se or rated X, so they can only go not, – not that Casino Royale is an X-rated story, but um, you know, they can only go so far. And the second thing that comes to mind and, – and I'm not going to say this. I swear to God to our American friends. I'm, I'm not saying this just uh, to, to poo-poo you, but again, it's an American – publishing house the mores down there when it comes to violence vis-a-vis -vis sexuality are different show a head exploding that's cool a little bit of nip no 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 can't do that so i think they're i think they're doing their darndest to find that middle ground which can be a bit of an awkward middle ground sometimes i suppose you're, you're uh, not making my point for myself I feel, it feels like they should have put those in european and so as much as i like the book itself, it feels because it's Bond, it's Fleming, it's it, it, it has this European flavor, and you just, you you get this. It feels more like an American film noir, which I like. Oh, it's this, awesome! I love film noir, and film noir was, but see, film. It's funny that you bring that up. Um, I don't know how much film noir you you've watched. I actually I used to write a column I, for a website I, on I film noir. I know you probably read seen uh, much more than I have. I've seen uh, The Third Man, and I saw maybe 15 minutes of uh, The Maltese Falcon. The one I want to see is Sunset Boulevard, 
the season of Archer that that takes a lot of material from from that that film. Um, mm. According to somebody I, I I know, and I'm I'm like, oh, I I want to see that now. And there's a, there's mm. a few. Uh, you, you told me you you subscribed to uh, what's it called the um, the uh, the, the uh, network that shows old movie uh, the app. Oh, uh, Criterion Channel. It, I I have film law on my mind recently because of that and that looking looking at the book itself it is evident that's that's one of their inspiration because it feels of the 1950s but it feels like film noir yeah and i think i'm glad you brought that up and sort of segueing into the actual art work uh the the actual artistry behind the or involved in the book and being an artist yourself much more so than than me anyways i'd like to get your opinion on some of this stuff the film noir quality of the book certainly is exemplified in in the play of in in many of the scenes not every panel obviously but in in multiple panels especially those with a lot of high tension you know the the play of light and shadow um what was often called uh, i might be getting my terms confused but i think it was called like chiaroscuro writing uh lighting pardon me which was extremely sharp very very sharp contrast between darkness and light. I think that's really exemplified in the sequence where after Bond crashes the car and they take him out of, you know, when he's, he's chasing after Le Chiffre and Vesper, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of that going on when they bring him to the house in the early morning to beat the crap out of him or to rock his thunderballs, really. Um, there's a lot of that in that sequence. I'm just flipping through those pages right now. That's the, Oh, there's this one panel that's really interesting. He gets hit and bond it's a he's his face is red his face is red um but i was wondering what, what do you think of the art itself as, as as someone who's drawn a lot and i'm not just referring to the posters of many of our episodes even your personal projects like what do you think of the art it's very stylized at times um there, there's something about the coloring that's uh, uh. I, you know, I, this could almost be black and white, but I like the coloring because it's. I'm not a fan of modern um, coloring where they they uh, they add sheen upon sheen and everything looks shiny and there's there's not much mood to it. Everything looks sleek. Everyone's like I remember when back in when I did 3D animation, I see sleek. Everything looks sleek. I'm like, and that, to me, it's it's it, it looks like gar- garbage. If you look at uh, some X-Men comic books from the, from the late 90s. Anything from the late 90s, early 2000, um, like I'm thinking about Batman Ush, everything is sort of shiny. At the, uh, but this, mm. as uh, what I like about the European comic books, like there's a comic book series that eventually I want to cover on the show because the colors, they, they all, they're, they're almost flat, which you appreciate because it's it doesn't distract you from the penciling and it doesn't, like, it doesn't, it's not too loud because I find... Sometimes the coloring is too loud, and this is going back to Casino Royale. The coloring is just enough; like nothing, there's not mm. too much sheen to it. And mm. sometimes they have explosions, sometimes they have little glowings, uh, elements that are glowing. But it's it's just enough, and the the plays with uh, with uh, tones. You have golden tones, and on characters are blue. He plays with that, which I find it creates a mood automatically. And um, for the inking, uh, there, there's something I 
it's I've seen often in uh, in comic books that is done, which is you paint everything black, but you had little speck white specks for the eyes, and just creates this uh, this mm. uncanny um, this look where it just it just you take the humanity out of the characters, it just makes them look like monsters. Yeah. This one where he approaches with the carpet being. Yes. Yeah. I've done. That's a done, wonderful I've, panel. I've That's an absolutely exquisite panel. In a Batman comic, the first time I've seen it uh, from the early 2000s, and since then, like I've seen it multiple times. It's it probably predates that comic, but it just it's effective to 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 turn somebody into a monster, and you just have mm. these glowing whoop, in shadows. <laughs> <and> it, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you don't want to say you don't want a photo um, drama like you know you need some artistry and you need to play with elements it's not purely it's it's not 100 percent realistic but at no. the same time yeah. it's 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 uh it's a world it's a complete unique world everything feels like it you're there like you look at the design they obviously research a lot of like you see a bar. There's probably probably has a couple of pictures of bars. Um, there there, there yeah. are places where he goes. I'm like, oh, they they definitely looked at uh, this place uh, for inspiration, and I'm just impressed with the the quality of the research that was used for the book. And you know, this is the nifty little <clears throat> sorry, the, the nifty little details um, like the monsters. Uh, are they? They're presented in the book. They're sort of a little. <laughs> they're they're not yeah. characters in the book, but I'm just I I, I just find I find it amusing that he's being Bond is being like spied on by the, by this little odd couple. They're not in the movie for obvious reasons, but they're, they're amusing to me. Um, True. Yeah, that's those are my thoughts on the artwork itself. Uh, it is very beautiful. Yeah, it's a very um, – it definitely gives the impression – and, and I, I have a feeling I'll be occasionally alluding back to this book when we eventually talk about Live and Let Die, which to be fair, I haven't read in its entirety, but I, I think I've read enough to have an idea of what the artwork is like in that one. Um, certainly this feels like Dennis Calero said, I want to be very almost impressionistic. I want the colors and I want maybe the inking to – tell the story mood especially in a comic book or slash graphic novel i have to imagine that colors and inking and, and penciling are so important they are they are the cinematography and mise-en-scene of comics so they have to set the mood and the mood itself helps tell the story so i think there's a lot of it's it's a very unique way to tell a story. You brought up the, the the example of sometimes certain characters are draped in blue. Well, no one's no one looks blue. That wouldn't be human. But it gets the point across um, of tension of drama uh, very very well. Um, it's also not too complicated as well. Um, if you if you accept the unnaturalness. Of many of these panels, which aren't natural, such as the one where Bond is like, and his face is red because he just got, whoop, he just got uh, scratched, the little itch got scratched, scratched down there, you know. Those thunderballs rock. Yeah, you know, you can you can be a little get a little bit red in the face, 
And then Calero says, well, let's make him a tomato um, again. But it, it gets that point across. It, it's it's um, storytelling told through very bold visuals. And I like that a lot. I, I like the approach they took as opposed to maybe going a little bit back to what you were saying earlier about the modern comics. I, I find one of my problems with modern comics and I don't read that many, but from the ones I've been able to, to leave through, like Hush, um, is it feels as though the artists need to put so much detail into a single panel, especially if it's a, if it's a two-page spread. It's not that it's not nice. It is nice looking, but I... And this is a very personal opinion, but you know I don't need that much detail. Just put the detail on what's important on this panel. What story are you telling in this panel? I don't need to see someone in the window in the background. Like I don't care. I don't care what's important for this panel. Simplicity. Yeah, which is I think is what this book gets across uh, very efficiently. What I find with artists is sometimes. Especially in American comic books, oh, it looks sleek, it, it, it's beautiful. I got the, the splash page with all these details, but it doesn't tell the story. It's 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 like I like efficient storytelling, and this mm-hmm. often isn't. It's not necessary. Sometimes they waste their time on these details. It's distracting too. This is beautiful, simple. It tells a story. I mean, if you if you don't like prose and you like comics, you want to read um, some original Fleming material, uh, this could be an entryway. I don't know if they're going to do... I have a, I have a feeling they're not going to do them anymore. If... if I, I, got, I got a feeling it's it was probably Van Jensen's baby to begin with. I don't think he... Like, Dynamite... Like, he woke up... The people at Dynamite woke up one day and, oh, we need to do Fleming. I think it, it's artist-driven, this project, and I think he got tired of working the... I, I, I don't know, man, but... I have I have a hunch uh, Live and Let Die is gonna be it. I have uh, I, I I don't I don't see them con- like I have a hunch that they're not interested in continuing. With it. But you know I, I mean it's it's. But do I business. want Moonraker? I freaking want Moonraker. This is the book mm. I I I want the most because this is probably the most the weirdest of the <laughs> the original few Flemings. Uh, after that's probably Doctor No. I'd love to see their take on Doctor No. I'd love to see all Doctor of them. No. Good God. Squid, That'd be interesting. And, and the, the yeah. tarantulas, everything, are just beautiful. I want to see... Oh, Doctor No himself. Doctor No himself. His description is so bizarre. He's almost like an alien. Yeah. He doesn't look... He looks... There's something so off about him. Like, the, he has a shaved head and, like, no no hair? Does he have no hair? I seem to remember. Something all like that. And yeah, shave the end that the ends, one of the ends he has in the movies, but it's he's much taller. And the way he walks, he walks mm. like a ghost, he doesn't, mm. yeah, very interesting. I, I'd love them to, to see them. Like, I like this book enough that I bought Live and Let Die. And I would, if they if Dynamite is listening, you know, and you're not too sure, uh, I'm available. <laughs> I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll write. I don't know if I can draw as well as the other guys. I don't think so. Uh, but I, 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 I can, I can, I can write it. I can write it. I'll just like uh, drag the, the mouse, Control C, and then 
give you give me your panel, then control V and boom, done. <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd love to see them continue. I think it's. I uh, I, I agree. It's a very interesting project so far. I don't think we sold them well enough, but I, you know, I, if, if Calero or Vengeances are ever listen to this episode and are interested in coming on the the show, I mean, this is an open invitation if you ever want to discuss, because I'd love to know how this came about and uh, what were the challenges of making this book, how much research uh, was done for for because uh, you know there's reading the book but and and and, and drawing like a poem like a, a, a casino scene but it, it's not casino mm. 2020 it's casinos 1950 something and it looks like it it really feels like you're there like the the, the, the there's smoke everywhere everyone's smoking all the time <laughs> and it's uh, all the details, the clothing, the, the hairstyles, hair the makeup, everything is period. Like this is a period comic book. Yeah, it's true. What do you think of the? Um, there's a little introduction at the start of the book, uh, and it says, uh, you know, quote, Bond view. Bond view being when when Bond assesses a place or a or a, or or a. a tool or an individual and it's it's not really what well, it's a thought bubble although it's not in a bubble it's actually just text superimposed on the image and he sort of evaluates oh this person's not a threat this person's a threat oh, oh, here's where the exit could be and so on and so forth it's like bond thinking on his feet all the time he's always alert he's the he's the perfect secret agent because he's always the there's no off switch you know he's always looking for a way out just in case um it feels like something from i don't remember which Video game did that, but there was one video game that had Bond sense in a, and if I think it's on the GameCube, it must be everything or nothing. Uh, but you pressed, I think the, the the one of the triggers, and everything went purple, and you could see, oh, if I shoot this, it's gonna explode and kill those guys. Um, okay. So they like that's what it reminds, like a bizarre RoboCop Terminator mm. vision. But done yeah. more organically, I guess. Even though there, there's dialogue, you, you see his thoughts basically. Like, oh, this person has some a pudge on this left uh, under his left arm. It's a gun. Oh, this person uh, is uh, built. Uh, probably knows how to fight. Like he's always RoboCop mode, seeing the danger. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's it it's an interesting addition to uh, to to the story. Um, insofar as it, it's if you've never if you've never if you've never watched a James Bond movie or read a James Bond book, why would you buy this? But anyway, why would you listen? No, to it's this a show nice little way. add-on. Yeah, why are you listen to this podcast? What are you doing with your life? Um, you know, it's I like the addition because it does speak a lot to James Bond James James Bonds. Uh, professionalism and the fact that he always needs to be alert. So I, I, I liked it very much. It's not too distracting. It's it's not in every panel. Like a few pages can go by and that doesn't happen. Um, so no, it was it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I, I so, you know it's it's not a big edition. It's not uh, it's not like super important to the overall book, but it's that little attention to detail. Like let's there are the thought you know Fleming. 
Fleming's prose is is the thought bubble, and then this little superimposed text is uh, the machine, which is what Ruddy Mathis calls him, is the machine that is James Bond. I, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, the loss of uh, such a machine would be uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, like, don't 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 get too human. Uh, we'd lose a we would lose a wonderful machine or something yeah, like something, that. Something like that. Well, did you notice that at the end of the book, as he's the informing MI6 that the bitch is dead, there's a little uh, there's a little uh, Red Grant uh, cameo at the end of the book. What? Yeah. You got the Garrett. Last page. Yeah. And then the next to last page, where he's sort of describing there are four oh. panels in total, and he's describing. I always took that to be Red Grant. No, he would take him. Oh, I thought it was Bond. The the panel to the left though, uh, with Bond shooting, that looks like uh, Sean Connery from Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> Except yeah, more, more fit. fit, but the pause, everything, it just oh, that's a that's Sean Connery there. I. You know, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I love this book. I can't wait to le- le- read Live and Let Die, but um, I'm gonna be a little sad if it doesn't. Like I, I'd loved Dynamite is so non-committal when it comes to to Bond since for the past couple of years. It's insane. They've been very. Uh, I don't know. Non-committal. Why would you say non-committal? I'm not sure I agree with that. They they, they start these – well, right now, I mean, for starters, comic comic book industry has been down the gutter for the past five to ten years. They've been losing readers all the time, and they can't get new readers. But at the same time, for Dynamite, is that they they start doing a book regularly, and – after 12 issue, they stop and they start over. Stop, start over. We're still, I'm still waiting for that 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 sequel to that explains uh, uh, their version of Spectre that is introduced in the Felix Leiter book. We haven't seen anything yeah. since it was introduced. And then they're doing these like one shot. They are doing James Bond origins. Origins, which seems like it could be like a prequel to this, but the artwork, the tone of the book is completely different. At the mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. time, those James Bond origins, I mean, I like them, but they could be like Adventures in World War II, the comic book. They, but the, yeah. There's no, not much spying. There's not much like you, you see. So, oh, you. There's a little bit. There's a little bit. It's yeah. I'm a little bit on the fence about James Bond origin as well. Not because I don't know if it's good or not. I I agree. I think they're pretty good. And it's funny. I think we were when we went to see the movie yesterday. I mentioned that I I went to see my uh, my pusher uh, this sure, week and, and uh, just to say hello. And he had said he had something for me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Thanks for adding that. Uh, and he said he had something for me. I didn't know what he had for me. And lo and behold, it was actually the second volume that that concludes James Bond origin for now. Anyways, we'll see if they go back to that. And um, so it sort of it brought me back to to when I was reading the monthlies. And yeah, the James Bond origin, it's certainly good. I like it. But I agree with the assessment that it could just, you know, it just so happens to have a character named James Bond. It could have been really any any 17, 18 year old. So um, as far as Dynamite's commitment they seem to be pretty dedicated to the modern 
iteration of, of the character. They're, they're, they're publishing something right now, though it's obviously taken a bit of a hiatus because of the pandemic. Uh, but, you know, they're publishing a story right now, that Reflections of Death thing that was going to come out. Like they haven't canceled it. it. It's made. It's just, I think, just maybe waiting a little while for, for the world to, to get back on track. And that's, I think that's a modern, as I understand it, that's a modern story. Um, so it's not that, yeah, I don't, I don't think non-committal is, is the proper is the term word but I'd there, use, but they, uh, I, I want more, and I want them to follow their plans. It feels like, oh, this isn't selling that well. Let's start over. Oh, let's new number one. So this isn't selling. Uh, let's do James Bond Origins. Oh, people, uh, it, it feels all over the place. Mm. I don't know. I mean, the movies did that, you know, back in the day, Majesties wasn't as big a success as the Conneries. So they did Diamonds Are Forever, which sort of pays attention to Majesties for two seconds, but not really. You know, uh, so, you know, the movies have been guilty of that. Yeah, in the I'm past. not talking about it. Skyfall doesn't pay attention to the content of the I'm not talking about, about, uh, about the movies. I'm just saying, saying that they're, 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 they introduce ideas and they sort of retract and and they're not consistent, I feel, is, is the, the, probably the biggest problem. Well, my, my argument is that – my argument is Dynamite is not the only one that handles the James Bond property that sometimes does that. I think that was my I, argument I, when I, I brought I up Diamonds and, and, and Skyfall. But... We'll get there when we get there. But I, 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 um, the, right old, the James Bond rights holder, uh, sometimes I, I don't understand what they're doing. That's the subject for another time. Which oh, I'm getting again. I'm getting a text. I'm getting a text. It's not. It's not M White. Okay. It's, it's not Boris. You look tired. Relax. Oh, it's 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 Silva. It says relax. Take your time. Tell the people where they can find you. I, I'm not doing a good uh, impression there. I tried something else. We have people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for <laughs> for example, www.thechainsofboundcomplex.com, uh, which is also the, the Tumblr account. Uh, you have Twitter at, at the Bond Complex. You have Instagram at the James Bond Complex. You have YouTube. Search for the James Bond Complex. Uh, subscribe to the James Bond Complex and uh, and tickle them with the thumbs up button. That's more. That's more <laughs> Oberhauser. You can you can tickle them if you want to. Um, <laughs> Uh, we have um, Anchor. Uh, we're hosted by Anchor.fm. We thank them very much for their services. And uh, you can, uh, you can. Um, I've actually lost my train of thought. Well, I, I did the Twitter, I did the Facebook, I did the Instagram, I did the Anchor, I did the YouTube. All right, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, and of course Apple Podcasts. Search for the James Bond Complex. Subscribe to the James Bond Complex. Write a review, and if you can find it in your Hard to color the five stars and leave us a five-star glowing golden gun review. Uh, nothing in this world would make us happier. But I think if, if, if anybody right now listening to this episode, if you tell me, if you ask me, Matthew, Edgar, what would make you more happy? That tomorrow morning, No Time to Die comes out in theaters or we get a five-star glowing golden gun review. I want that five-star yeah, glowing golden you know, gun review. Damn it. You know, you're not getting No Time to Die anytime soon. <laughs>
That's not important. So I'm online. I'm on Instagram at Edgar Chaput, S-O-S. I'm at Claire 007 on Instagram. And I might have a, And just I might as... I still have my Twitter account somewhere. I don't remember. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> uh, just as James Bond always returns, and he'll return at least one more time in a graphic novel adaptation, which I think we're actually planning on doing you not know, too long from now. So you might, you, listeners might be getting another one of these in a few weeks, but uh, uh, we will see. And uh, so too will the James Bond complex with another episode next week. Toujours un plaisir, merci, et bien sûr à la prochaine. Santé. <laughs>